I'm a ranger, a new Belgian beer ranger. You can't see my uniform because we're on the radio, but you can bet I'm wearing it with pride. Wandering the land from coast to coast, bringing good beer to the masses, while well, I can develop quite a thirst. Now we've crafted a beer with Simcoe, Chinook, and Cascade hops. The Ranger IPA. So bold and refreshing it can satisfy a ranger's thirst. Try a new Ranger IPA and then head online to get in uniform at newbelgium.com. Employee owned, alternatively empowered, New Belgium Brewing. Follow your folly. Ours is beer. We got rangers in position Cause we got a great mission For yourself and IPA Sit back and just listen Turbine spinning with recycled energy Low water use cause waste is the enemy Just spend some time in the holy ranger land Learn more about what we have This is The Shorts And you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries I'm waiting for the green light to be a permanent resident. Until then, my entire existence in America is linked to my visa, which mandates that I cannot work anywhere besides the university where I am now a postdoctoral scholar. But as my second cousin points out, a postdoc is a nobody. Indians are known for their honest but blunt observations. I can't argue with him since I see a grain of truth in his statement. If I'm going to stay in America, I have to accept the long hours and little pay. Yet, I love the research I do on cancer prevention. I love it as fervently as I love liberal politics, America and climbing. I have been in the States for 10 years now, but as you can clearly tell from my accent, I was born and raised in India. To an untrained Westerner, the subtleties of the caste system may not make much sense. But to a native Indian, the word Tambram clearly defines a lifestyle that is still alive and well. Typically, This person is from upper or upper middle class background in South India, speaks Tamil as their native language, is born into the Brahmin caste and the family usually places an inordinate amount of significance on education. If you were good at studies, you didn't need anything else. In fact, athletics weren't encouraged, especially for girls. When I first picked my way up a route at an indoor rock wall, something seemed to click. Soon, I was making day trips to the Red River Gorge. All I really had going for me then was my boundless enthusiasm and extremely patient climbing partners. Fellow climbers winced at the painfully clumsy way in which I hauled my body against gravity and towards the anchors bolt by bolt, hanging, panting, and patiently trying again. Quitting halfway was not an option. I got through my PhD the same way, not with extraordinary skill or talent, but by simply refusing to give up. 
I was 5,000 miles away from home on a scholarship and working with a very demanding professor. I had signed up for this and I would be damned if I quit. So I kept at it systematically and patiently until I got it. I successfully completed two huge studies that contributed some important data to cancer prevention research. Meanwhile, I grew from a day tripper to a weekend warrior, from a sport climber to a trad climber, and from a student to the first author of a well-received research paper. Six years, several projects, an unexpected first ascent, and four research papers later, I graduated with a PhD in nutritional prevention of cancer. As a postdoc, I threw myself into doing what was expected of me. This was my ticket to success, my path towards the green card. I was training to scale the initial steps of the academic hierarchy. Climbing, like a faithful partner in a committed relationship, took a backseat. When I camped at Miguel's, I would listen to the scruffy kids talk excitedly about the moves, hangs and the retries on their projects. I envied the lifestyle of these young climbers that served pizzas on the weekend and climbed during the week. They led a bare-bones existence, often living out of their trucks or tents, eating beans or leftovers, and saving the money they made on their shifts to buy gear. Yet, they seemed to possess the one wealth I did not. Time to spend freely on their passion. Imagine, you're on an unknown route and the gear below you is suspect. You're making every effort to stick with it until you figure out the next move to a comfortable spot. You do all that you can to hang on. Waiting for a green card feels the same way. Getting it would mean not being tied to my university job, taking time off and hitting the road. I'm working long hours with crappy pay and no recognition, hoping that science and the INS will deem my research worthy. I'm working towards wealth, not the monetary kind, but the wealth of time to freely follow my passion. But until then, I just have to hang on. I was bouldering in the gym when I felt pain shoot through my left middle finger all the way down my arm to my shoulder blade, a blown finger tendon. Two months completely off climbing meant more focused time on my other love, research. I invested all of my energy into my job and it paid off. Just as my finger healed, my professor called to tell me that if I kept working the way I was, I might be promoted to an assistant professor. This would mean more responsibilities, more money to buy gear, and perhaps a newer car that didn't have its check engine light on. But more importantly, the most coveted possession for an immigrant scientist like me, the green card. And yes, 
more time away from climbing. I was excited to be closer to my career goal, yet I felt divided as if achieving one goal was mutually exclusive from the other. I wanted more time away to enjoy the outdoors, to go on a road trip and climb. But these things were contingent upon getting the green card. To get the green card, I needed to be successful at cutting-edge research. Although I loved research, I felt trapped. I wondered whether one form of upward mobility would cost me another very dear form of the same. The night before I told my boss, I went for a long run. I needed the solitude to reflect on my decision to quit work. My best friend was getting married in August and my sister having twins in November. A trip to India twice in three months was not affordable. The best option seemed to be to quit work and go climbing in between. I pondered whether I was ready to gamble on my career and risk not getting the green card. I was afraid that I would be throwing away all those years of hard work and worried what the future would hold for me after I returned to India. I asked myself why I would be willing to discard the past and risk my future to go climb. The answer was simple. Climbing is a meditation in motion that forces me to focus intensely on the present, escaping both the past and the future. It instantly gives me the inner balance and peace that nothing else has so far. Deep down, I knew that I would end up hating my job if I didn't have the opportunity to follow my peace. Plus, if I lost my visa and had to move back to India, I would at least have the Himalayas, right? I'm home in Madras now, in the land of my ancestors, warm climate and strong aromas. My family is happy to see me. I decided to leave the rope and bring baby gifts instead. I'm excited to be leaving on my climbing adventure to Europe where I can choose between the cold hard granite of the Alps or the sharp sporty limestone of Frankenura. I will finally be able to see my climbing soulmate Kasha. Then there is Hampi, Badami and an unnamed bouldering crag I discovered on my last trip home. I've taken a leave without pay instead of quitting my job. Although it's a compromise, it's good to know that I can still come back to my other love. Some professors have already told me it's a bad career choice and it might significantly delay the processing of my green card. Yet, when I define myself as a climber, the conflicting identities of living in a different culture of making career choices fall away at the periphery. Because when I am at the crux of a route, the only thing that matters is the movement at that moment in time. Life is about upward mobility. And for me, that's claiming as many vertical feet as possible.
My name is Harini Ayer, and this is my short. Music today by Fonts, Nedry, and Summer People. You can download the cuts at our site, DirtbagDiaries.com. The shorts are listener-driven. They come from people like you. At New Belgium Brewing, they make it happen. They foster our stories. Thank you. The diaries are also made possible by Kuat Racks. It's getting to be biking season, so visit them online at kuatracks.com. You can always reach us by emailing dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. I'm Fitzcahal, that was Harini Ayer, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Yeah.